welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. All right, this is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 121. We are live from Starbase Indy 2019, and we are making it so. This is Brandon, and as always with me is... Your co-hoster and the captain of the Star Station Nemesis, Cullen. Well, it's an honor to be at uh, this convention, and uh, you know I gotta I gotta tell you, uh, I'm not smelling con smell, so good for you, Starbase. That Star is Base amazing. Yes, there is no stench. Um, I gotta give it to him. I've been at conventions in this building before, and there's a stench. Not here at Starbase. Starbase, you are clean. You shower. <laughs> So good. You, take, you. you take your costumes off at night. You put them aside. You might even spray them with Febreze. You're smelling so good. I'm going to assume it's because they watch uh, Star Trek, and they never see anyone smelly on there. Like, well, I can't be like that. I'm going to the convention. Kirk showers three times a day. <laughs> well, that's to scrub off all the sex. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, but, I mean, yeah, this this is very nice. Um, it's a cozy convention. Uh, the Wyndham's always a nice place. Uh, there are lots. Uh, you know what? I say the cosplayers outnumber the regs. Um pretty well oh uh, yeah actually <laughs> and we're I, calling I, a baseball game here <laughs> the at starbase city 2019 <laughs> coming around the corner we got a klingon here could be a commander of some sort look out he's gonna stab somebody <laughs> was that your shatner calling the game almost <laughs> it could i don't uh, know it's oh general man. announcer voice so we are live here there's speakers at our table but our voices aren't coming out of them um but so we do no- have but what you can't see is we have a full crowd uh, around us uh, listening eagerly to us, uh, but they're seeing just mouths move uh, with headsets on. Uh, but uh, we are here today to discuss the 1997 <clears throat> documentary film Trekkies, uh, which is about Star Trek fandom. Um, it's directed by Roger Nygaard, and it stars Denise Crosby as a host. She's also a uh, producer on this, and uh, it features uh, interviews with Star Trek um fans and stuff, but it also has cast members uh, featuring uh, such likes as Nichelle Nichols, George Takei, Michael Dorn, John Delancey, LeVar Burton, Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner, Chase Masterson, Will Wheaton, Kate Mulgrew, uh, producer Brandon Braga, and also, sadly, this kind of touching but uh, deceased members of the cast that were alive during yeah. this, James Duhon, Leonard Nimoy, Grace Lee Whitney, DeForest Kelly, and Major Barrett, uh, Ron Barry, that, that I just, once, it, when Duhon was on, I realized it. But it was when DeForest Kelly came out. I was like, oh, man. Because he was, like, the first to die of, like, yeah. the major cast members. And he was always, like, a lot of them, they love Star Trek. They've always been. But sort of, like, he was, like, always, like, the heart and the cast that like, kind of, like, oh, never gave up. But, like, he was always down for Star Trek and always loving. Like, yeah. apparently on his deathbed, he, you know, one of the things he told Shatner was that, like, man, I wish we'd just do one of more of them space oh. adventures again. So he was always, like, because he, he didn't have the... Like begrudgingness of Shatner that I think the rest of them had, mm-hmm. but he was with them. But that one kind of got to me a little bit, and to realize that Nimoy's been gone—that's yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. That, that was something that was neat to watch. This that you could see, like I don't want to say in their prime, but certainly not, you know, as I last remember seeing a lot of these right. people, which was super, super great. I love Ed Nimoy's interview was in a room full of himself in the background. Yeah. <laughs> his, his Star yeah. Trek poster was, yeah. his Star Trek poster was uh, the Voyage Home in the background. He had something of like yeah. him, like looking like, oh. Yeah, one of the book, a poster of one of the books he had well, written. Where was the Three Men and a Baby poster that was in? Did he draw? 
Yeah. He directed it? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the highest grossing film of, like, 1986 or 87. <laughs> he, he directed it. Well, and now uh, now there's a reason for me to want to watch it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you never seen that? No, I've seen it. With the, the, the ghost that ended up being a Ted Danson <laughs> cardboard stand-up in the background? Right. No, I've seen it, but, you know, not since I was an adult. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's no right. way that stands up. There just isn't. No, no. Maybe we could have justice for a little lady. Maybe <laughs> better, but um, this also it also has a little uh, inter- like Buzz Aldrin got interviewed for this, but he appears for like one line. The astronaut. Yeah, there's a, a surprising amount of people in this thing. Just period that are in it just for a few minutes and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's one dude that he doesn't appear until like the last. 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And he's not bef- in it before or after. It's, and, and it is like a... It's a part that he put in the trailer, so it's right. not an insignificant part. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to point out that uh, the um, the front of the, or the poster had a uh, quote... on it that uh, since we're in Indianapolis that was the biggest laugh generator since there's something about Mary from the Indianapolis Star News uh, which was written by uh, she's deceased now but she got quoted on that which wow this movie's just covered in death yeah even the (laughs) even the cover for this thing yeah my thing was watching this I'm like you're compared to there's something about Mary and calling it like a laugh right I didn't like I don't think I even felt that way when I watched it back then. Like, I felt like that's, that's kind of the equivalent of going, and not to uh, not to harp on someone who's deceased, but that's kind of like going, <laughs> no. Yeah. I, there were definitely yeah. parts I laughed at this thing because right. I think it's unavoidable. I think I was just more, like, shocked at times than anything. There's shock. There's some endearingness. There's some really good commentary, some heartfelt stories. Like, it's, I wouldn't call it, like, a laugh riot. No, I think it. That's just partially because people, like, conventions were a thing back then, certainly, but I think conventions overall have grown over time. They've, and have they've become, they've gotten a bit more acceptance over time. And maybe, yeah. maybe it's something like this being, this film coming out in the public eye a bit more, uh, was, showed people and made some people feel like, oh, well, I'm not alone, and they can see this. Right, right. And, and I, I do think, like, one of the good things about this movie is, it's so funny. So much of this movie is just like, you know that, like, like People or U.S. Weekly or whatever, where it's like the celebrities, they're just like us. Mm-hmm. That's like what this is, but with extreme nerds. Right, right, right. That's true. It's Denise Crosby going around, interviewing people, going to conventions, seeing different things, um, which I, I like the... Kind of like her contributions to Star Trek is she was in the first season. She wanted out of the show. She got... They killed her off, and then she, since then, is she always comes back. She does mm-hmm. this, you know, helps do this fan documentary about things, and it's kind of w- weird how little time she was on the show and how big her some of her impacts have been, because, like, her best stuff was after she was killed off the show. Right. When she came back. She's in, right. like, Yesterday's Enterprise, which was one of the, held up as one of the best episodes of the entire series. Her character that spawned off of Tasha Yar from the other dimension, the daughter, whatever, that became a big thing yeah. like, is better like it just she i mean much better than. she's almost like an ambassador for yeah. star trek now which is i mean or at least like in this movie i suppose yeah definitely um she leads around she interviewed there's a, this one focuses on a couple p- different people 
Oh, yeah. As we, we get a heavy dose of them, we take a break, and then we come back to them. Uh, let's, because I don't want to make, I want to make sure we don't miss him. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I want to talk about Gabrielle Kerner, <laughs> who has been to 28 conventions. <laughs> oh, my God. Denise Crosby is the, is the host of this movie, but the star of this movie really is Gabriel, 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 Gabriel Corner. Yeah. He probably would tell you how it's perfectly pronounced. Oh, my God. But he uh, let's we'll start with him. Um, when we first meet him, he's going to pick up his uh, Star Trek first contact uniform. That was custom made, and he gets it, and it's like that's awesome. That looks really good, yeah. but it's not perfect. <laughs> He's he is specific. He is specific. He is a very dedicated fan, and just wants it to look as accurate as possible. I can get behind that, but, but he does the costume he gets. He does like it, yeah. But there's just a few a few tweaks to it, and that's just kind of like what he does and who he is. He's, he's someone that. You know how some people are said to have a punchable face? Right. He has a punchable everything. Yeah, his, yeah. His face, <laughs> his voice, his haircut. That, yeah, the, the haircut, man. It's just... No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> keep, keep walking. Okay, it was You're him. Cool. It was him, but... Um. <laughs> but, like, none of this, like... I don't. I can't say it's his fault. He's also right. in this movie. He's fourteen. <laughs> Is he fourteen? He's fourteen. Oh, I know. Well, I know he can't drive. The I know. he can't drive his dad's souped-up like shuttlecraft truck. Yeah, shuttlecraft. <laughs> the, the truck they turn into a shuttlecraft. Yeah. yeah. His dad's into it, but he's not as into it. Right. But I. The, he is. Gabriel, Gabriel, whatever. Um, Gabby. Yeah, he is like the hero and the villain of, the, of this movie. Yeah. You just like you don't want to hate him, but he, he makes it so hard to not hate him. I just, I'm just glad this guy went through his teenage years before social media. Oh my god, yes. Oh yeah. Like you see, like the dark origins of things that are like now today with like fandoms and yeah. Because there's one point where. This guy is like, he's telling him all about this action figure. And the guy's like, well, well, you got a lot of information. He goes, I have the internet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, man. And he's like, he's not nice about, he corrects a lot of people in this. He, he is the living embodiment of the actually guy. Yeah. You know, yep. just anything you say, like, well, actually, this is what's, oh. And just, the, the, the one thing, and I can't believe he did this. But he's got a uh, Benjamin Sisko uh, figure from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and he pulls it out, and he's like, I shaved his head with an X-Acto knife to make yeah. him bald like season when he comes back with season two, because that's what he looks like accurately. I'm like, you wouldn't just wait for the figure? He's like, <laughs> I know. Th- this, is, this is someone that a has... a hypocrite. Like, he, well, yeah, he, he wouldn't have bought one like that. Yeah, no, he's got how or many... traded. Right. He's got how many action figures in, uh, you know, still in the packaging, and then to see him, like, do that to one of them, it's just, it's weird, it's right? We- yeah, it's, it's weird. weird. It's weird. Uh, and he um, he is also making a, I think he's making a film, or are they just making effects for something? He, they, the, were, the, they were making a fan film called... Uh, Starbase Star Station Star I'm sorry Star Star Station Nemesis which is hilarious that y- Nemesis was used as a title I know I couldn't believe that like <laughs> you know this this came out before that final next generation movie of, of Nemesis yeah. but when they said that like oh my god I can't believe that they got it that close and they had some pretty solid effects work going on for being a 14 year old yeah yeah 
yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's just like his own personal computer, you know. Right, like, right. It was surprising. Like that's what. Well, uh, yeah, I do like it, that. But then I love the fact that he gets a uniform custom made for his movie, and it looks. It, that's not done right. Like, yeah. and and then he's. And they're like, whoa, we got choices to make it a con- to wear to the convention. And they show him at the convention wearing it, and he looks like he did not want to wear it. Right. Well, even when they said, hey, which uh, which one are you going to wear? Like, he has that moment of, he pauses for a moment where he's like, I don't want to wear this at like, all. Well, it's going to have a collar that's different. And, yeah. uh, and you're like, oh, my gosh, dude. It's like, well, I guess I have to. <laughs> otherwise, I look like a jerk. So I, know, right. I guess I'm wearing this to the convention. Right. And and at the convention, he trades some dudes. And he's like, man. Yeah, he, uh, I don't want to, the guy. Like, they have this big group of, like, Trek people that, you know, they meet at a house. They discuss things. They, they're making his you have the conventions where you come together like this, but afterwards, like... Well, they weren't... They were also... I think they might, you know... I could see them still getting together and doing that kind of stuff. That's true. Uh, the old school way, probably, they're, they're able to... They, they might do that. I don't, like... Which, I like that community thing of a coming together, maybe one. I, I do like coming together and all that. It's when it starts, like, well, I'm the commander, and this is, uh... This uh, is this is my Romulan name? This, this, yeah, is, yeah. This is our, our head engineer. This is our second technician. Like, you... Okay. Um, no. uh, but speaking of Commander, we'll move on from Gabby. Yeah, I was going to say. Who runs a club called the Federation Alliance, and she was the one that was known. Um, she's from Little Rock, and she went to jury duty in a full Starfleet uniform. She, not just Joe's, you know, yeah. the thing that involved the President of the United right, States. Right. And she said, hey, I'm formed just like any military officer would. Yeah. Which I do, she does have, she does make um, the claim, which I agree with. And I've always said, like, she's like, it's fine for an adult to wear, like, a basketball jersey somewhere mm-hmm. all every day of the year. Which right. is brought up later by other people in this, but. And, and I absolutely uh, agree with that. Mm-hmm. However, people aren't wearing basketball jerseys to jury duty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, this is true. And also the people that wear basketball jerseys, they're not saying, hey, I play basketball. They're saying, I'm a fan of it. When she wears it, she's saying, hey, I'm a commander on this make-believe starship. Which, she's like an early version of like a viral star because yeah. they talk about, because she always goes to the convention, she sells art and things like that. But she was somebody that people would go to see and take their pictures and get autographs with. Mm-hmm. Which is like, what? She just, that's... Okay, like Chewbacca mom. She is the yeah. OG Chewbacca mom. But it's like, really? Dude? Because she probably didn't charge anybody for it, so they're excited to meet somebody that didn't charge. Yeah. Well, I think also her e- enormous glasses adds to her mystique right. as well. Right, and then she also, they go to her work, where she works at a bindery factory. Uh, not, well, she's not a factory, but it's a little uh, place, like a print company. Yeah. And uh, they're, the people at her work are like, ah, she's so weird. And they call her commander at work. Yeah, like someone called her like sweetheart. It was like I don't appreciate being called sweetheart. Which I like get that. that. Yeah, he's like, well, what do you want to be called? Like, well, I'm a commander, and I I don't know how to feel about them calling her commander. Yeah. Well, she does wear her communicator badge, her phaser, and stuff every day. Yeah, she, I, like like that that part like that make that's cool. Whatever your job, <laughs> your job's fine with it. It's you know, it's something right. you like. Like I've got like pins and, and like, stuff she's over like my jacket. Really good at her job, so we don't care. Which is yeah. how it should be. Yeah, exactly. It, it's fine. She's not hurting anyone. But just just the way they say like commander, it's almost like 
I don't think you are um, patronizing her, but it just feels weird. But I do like when the people at work point out that she, her enthusiasm, her passion has led them to sharing it and finding out and discovering it. Like, they've gotten into Star Trek because they're with this person who goes about it every day, and they're like, you know what? I didn't like it, but she talks about it, and now I like it. Or yeah. she's like, I went and, you know, I'm not as big, at, you know, they don't deep dive as much as her, but now they're aware and they yeah. share in that. I, I think it's uh, interesting that the person that dresses up in their commander uniform or, you know, well, she doesn't dress up in her commander uniform every day, but, mm-hmm. you know, she puts that stuff on every day and she gets, she's kind of a gateway for other people to watch Star Trek. I'm glad she's that gateway instead of Gabriel. <laughs> No one's going to like it after talking yeah, to him. Yeah, exactly. He might, he might make the super fan, like, just switch off and go to, like, Babylon 5 or something <laughs> after that. Like, that Gabriel guy, man. Oh. Look, look, folks, I'm, I'm just going to say this. If your choices are Star Trek and Babylon 5, never pick Babylon 5. Don't, don't do that. Don't. Like, like if that... if. If those are your choices, you're in trouble and you need to talk to someone. What happened to you? What, what did Star Trek do to you? Reach out to someone. Please reach out to someone. <laughs> friends don't let friends watch Babylon 5. Yeah, there you go. The, uh, the, uh, we also have um, Starbase Dental. The, oh, yes. uh, the dental office where it's decked out in Star Trek and other things. Uh, memorabilia. Yeah, there's R2-D2 there for whatever reason and uh they dress in starfleet uniforms uh for their dentistry and people have a good time they interview people while getting like their teeth cleaned like they're like i, I like this dental place and like come on we get it people get their teeth cleaned here for real but yeah uh, it is um <laughs> it is <sighs> starbase dental is both sad and awesome all at the same time it's a weird thing because the guy the story is like yeah well i was in the dentistry it sounds like he's like so you, you married your receptionist is that what happened Kinda, well i mean but you know um <laughs> she liked him and they had a common interest they hit mm-hmm. it off and just it is it is kind of sweet that they yeah, did find yeah. each other that's true that's true and uh the, they do get kind of weird though when they talk about the role-playing thing yeah and, and they're with Denise Crosby. They're like, well, I haven't had to play you yet. He'd have to dress up as Data. And it's like, well, no, it, she, it was, it was a weird conversation. This married couple, they, they said like that role playing or whatever helps their relationship. <laughs> and they say to Denise Crosby, like the wife who's dressed as, um. As Troy. That's what as yeah, Troy. Like she's got a big, a big old wig yeah, on. Yeah, a big fake wig it's on. Like, yeah, she's being Troy. There's no other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's telling, they're telling, you know, Denise Crosby, well, sometimes he dresses like you and I dress like Data. Like, like whoa. Yeah. Like just to her face that like sometimes, uh, you know, you're, 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 uh, we use you to, uh, you know, hump. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super awkward to do it like right to their face. It's a bit weird. Uh, and. Yeah, they're they're a they're a force throughout this. Just talking about different things. They go there's a section on people just going to the grocery in their uniforms. Them, they're probably getting off work and going to places. Yeah, because we have this other couple. I don't remember the name, but they have a Star Trek room that leaked into their bathroom, kind of with the decorating out. Yeah, they stuff. were like a I don't know an older couple or yeah. whatever. They about a minute into it. I was watching them, and they're a couple, and they've got, like, this uh, this dog, I don't, like a, I don't want to say it's a poodle, but it's a, a black, curly-haired dog. It's a dog. That they've dressed in a Starfleet uniform. Right. And the way they talked and reacted to everything, I, I thought, these two should be in best in show. 
<laughs> no, that would be gr- that was like the like, lost. Right, like they they talk exactly like in that cadence and, and, and the, the way they have the interview set, and it, you could edit yeah. them into that movie, and you wouldn't even notice. Exactly, I want to do that now. I want to edit that couple into Best in Show. Yeah, it is like they got like edited out of Best in Show. Like Just... deleted scene from Best in Show would be that couple, and they, and they're like, yeah, we went crazy with like five tiles in here. I'm like. You guys think oh, you guys think you went crazy, but I think you're fine. <laughs> you Your house, like, yeah, that, that's a that's a funny one. Are there any other like main people? Who was that guy looked exactly like he got booked for like oh, the Tonight Show? You're right. But there's I'm a, sorry. He's a skinny little dude. He's like, I just changed my name to James T. Kirk, and people are like, that's weird. Like that's what I wanted to be. And there are other people like, I don't know if I could Star Trek. Yeah. It is. It just cracks me up because <laughs> it is like that kind of Southern voice. Like yeah. that guy that was like he had like. He was all about the Klingon way of life. And you're like, I don't think you're getting... Yeah. There's no way this guy doesn't have a room of knives. No, he's got a room of knives. He's got... Oh, man. Worf isn't even his favorite Klingon. He doesn't like him. So. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there's that guy. There's... Oh, the guy that built the Commander Pike life support thing and drives around town. He doesn't show up in this thing until, like, Late. the last, and like, last all 10 about or 15 minutes. And yeah. it is all about how he drucks these random... I should say random things, but, like... Props st- and... Yeah, props by himself. But mm-hmm. the, the thing is, transport thing does not look anything like the bike transport thing in the series because it goes all the way up to his neck. Well, that's what I dressed up to made up look well, like him. And like in the, the pike thing, it looks like like it's uh, looks more like an, you know. First of all, but secondly, like I'm not entirely sure that this guy's on the level. I suspect that this guy um, found out that there was uh, some Starfleet, like they were making this documentary. It's like, well, I got to get in on this. Yeah, because uh, this guy. Is an actor. I've seen him in other things. Oh, really? Yes. And Comedy Central. Oh. And he was one of the commentators on it. But it was obviously like, you know, like on that. And the way he acts here, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure that you're on the level here. But. Well, I love when he goes to like Radio Shack. Like he goes there all the time. And the guy at the counter is just like, oh. Well, yeah, he's asking him like about he's specific like, like circuits or something like, like that. What? He's like, I've never seen you before in my life, sir. <laughs> like that's what it looks like. <laughs> he's like, you know, when I was in here last week, Davey's got it held for me. But, he's like, but Davey. And here's the thing: uh, him acting like that also makes me suspect that he might not. He <laughs> wanted to cash in. Yeah, yeah, he just wanted to be in this thing. So, uh, you know, aside from these people, uh, oh, there's oh, forgot Douglas Marks. The guy that you think there's going to be much more to, the, the cross-dressing guy. Yeah. And there's nothing to it. It's just like he's there. You're like, okay, he, he cross-dresses and then he gives like a short story. And, and he comments throughout, but like you think there's going to be some sort of focus on him and there's, there's nothing. He's just, he's just more awkward than anything. Like mm-hmm. this guy, he, the cosplay he decided to do was there was this episode where, like, an astronaut gets lost or something mm-hmm. like that. I cannot remember the name of it right now, but um, he originally cosplayed as this astronaut that was lost. And then over time, he decided to cosplay as the wife of the astronaut who was lost, who's not in the episode. Right. So he decided to cross-dress as a Star Trek character that's not even a Star Trek character. Right. It's just... So I don't know... Dive. I know, like if you want to, if you want to address like a like a woman, uh, a Star Trek uh, character, like there's no shortage, right? It's weird, right? It's it just, just weird. It just makes me feel like, 
it's what I said about this movie. It's both awesome and sad, and he's someone that makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there is one group of fans. Um, I forgot. Uh, there's a couple more. Um, Spiner fans. Spiner fems. Fems. Spiner fems. Uh, there's a woman who just likes Brent Spiner. And she collects all his things. She like hounds him. This is creeper territory. This is, I guess, this is the early, um, the early starting of stands um, that we have here. And she even she has all these pictures all kept up, so they they go right side up in a safe of Brent Spiner. Yes, these, aren't, f- these aren't like professional photos. These are like taken with just a regular disposable yeah, it, camera. It's just Brent Spiner on stage, you know, answering questions or t-shirt or jeans and yeah. These, yeah. And she has so many pictures where it's just like she had a picture of her pictures in there. Like, she was like, I took a hundred of this one, and this is a picture of all hundred pictures. Turn your phone, like, all right, whatever. You just like blast a bunch of pictures, and you look mm-hmm. through them, and you get rid of them. No, these are things that I think, look, look like every. No, she has hundreds of pictures of the same thing. Yeah, and it like you just watch it, and it's like, what a, what a waste of space and time. <laughs> and Brent Spiner comes on, and he's like, sad. he's like, he likes it, but then he's also like, you know. We need. To, we tell fans a lot of times, like they make us stuff, they buy. It, like I'm like, we're kind of well off. You don't need to spend your money on us. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. He is. He is pretty awesome. Um. So I mean, <laughs> it'd be great if like they, uh, this Spiner films like liked him for like that reason. That's not even like on the top ten of no. why they're into him. I think like. Uh, what else were they loving with him? Like Independence Day. <laughs> Phenom- I guess, phenomenon no. was after this. Here's what it is: <laughs> they they like they like data. They want someone who is non-threateningly attractive <laughs> right. and will not hurt them. Right? You know, emotionally. That's absolutely <laughs> what that is. It's so funny, and I love I love that he in his interviews was like trying to poke at Denise Crosby, who's obviously behind the camera. Yeah. And then sometimes you can hear her giggling at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I do I do like that. Well, then they they talked about. Um, well, let's see. We can get into it now. Whatever. The um, oh, you're gonna talk about the fanzine, uh, uh, the the, <laughs> yes. the sexual fanzine. Uh, yes. But be careful because we have a hallway of. Uh, no, we're not gonna get super graphic with it, but um, they talk about the slash fiction with with uh, with Star Trek and ooh, oh, uh, we see some of the the pictures too, where it's of um Denise Crosby and Brent Spiner. From their one episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one time where everyone got sick on the... The naked time one. The yeah, yeah. Reprise, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, where everyone was just horny on the, yes. the, the, the Enterprise. And I do love how Brent Spiner says, like, um, like they got my body perfectly. Like, I can't believe how well like, they, they got, got both. They got you really good, but me, they got spot. <laughs> that was great. And you see these pictures of him, and you're just like... Ew, it's just realize that imagination of it. Yeah. Cause, and they're all in like black and white drawings, too. They're not- dedicated to making these things. Just, ooh. Like, like the ones they draw, that's just the own house. Yeah. Okay. And they send them to them. And there was also Brandon Braga, who was talking about the, one of the head writers on Next Generation Deep Space. Like he, right, 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 right. He's all through it. Um, he's had a hell of a share, even post. Uh, Sending travel catalogs and stuff to the brochures, like, yeah, one one a day, like fat packs of like travel magazines, yeah, like and like, every do day. Do we want to know who this is? Like, you know, like we said, it, these are thick things. It's not just like sending like a like a letter, like oh here you go. It's just like floor. 
anything to do with Star Trek. He just writes... He addresses it to Star Trek. Yes, yeah. It's not like it's mistaken. It's insane. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, who... I wish they could have found that person. You think he saw that documentary? He's like, ha that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably the guy that uh on for him. Oh, God. That's true. So they also, I mean, talk about things like the, the crew, uh, the original to be in a hotel and my food and just to come, okay. And then they saw the impact of it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it was like, it's like, it felt like we were a bunch of overage Beatles up on stage with how big it turned out. Cause yeah. It was like thousands it, upon thousands. They thought, I think they said it was going to be like 30 to 60 people is what they were told. And then rotate them in and out. Yeah. So. And it, we, oh, yeah. And we also get workings of the convention where we see an auction for a Klingon oh forehead God. from uh, the Deep Space Nine episode 1400 bucks. And yeah, there was a bidding war between a, a guy and a Klingon. And a Klingon. And the guy, the Klingon guy got kind of vicious. And at the end, they're like, how bad did you want it? And he goes, I wouldn't have left without it. <laughs> it's like, dude. <laughs> yeah. But they, like, it's a piece of latex. I, I guess, you know, it has meaning to people. But yeah. Well, he, he did say he liked to collect that stuff. That's yeah. not the first thing, but. That he bought, but at the same time, it was like, that's $1,400. $1,400. What is your job? What is your life that you can just like, like, do you spend money on anything else? Right. Wow. But I mean. We also, it, we get the Q virus story. Do you want to tell the Q virus story, <laughs> I would Cullen? I to tell the Q virus story. This is another story. crazy one. So the, the guy that tells this story is one of the guys that runs like multiple Star Trek conventions. Mm-hmm. And I, the guy that does this. I'm not entirely certain he is a Star Trek fan. I think he's just He like, knows how to make money off yeah. of it. He's like, we got this chair we're selling for $375. They're like, is it is it worth that? He's like, I hope it is. Yeah, they'll like, pay for it. So great. So anyway, he talks about uh, this one convention that John Delancey was at. Q from Next Generation. His own favorite captain. <laughs> right. And he was just... Just deadly sick, but he decided to go to the convention anyway because people paid to be there because he's a he's a stand up dude. Mm-hmm. And he's up there and he's he drinks out of his water glass and then you know he he hobbles off stage very very ill. And the guy who was moderating this that we, we had mentioned he said like all right um, he's joking cu- when he did yeah it. yeah I was like all right uh, I got the Q virus right here and uh, it was just you know just that cup of water and like. He just like jokingly started like a bid on it, and people reacted to it and definitely bid on it. Sixty bucks. It's like forty or sixty bucks, yeah. and then the guy runs up on stage, drinks John Delancey's infected disease water, yeah. <laughs> and yells out, "I've got the Q virus! I've and got the Q virus!" And he was telling him not to do it. Yes, and yes. Like, Don't do it. But that's like probably the origin of this guy making money off Star Trek. Like, <laughs> that's where that's where that's where the origin of this dude. Comes from. He's like, he's like, this is a better racket than bottled water. Yeah, and he goes, can you really bring people back from the dead? And he thought about it for a week. He goes, only people I like. And the guy. Yeah, there was someone that would show up uh, at a convention. They had a syringe and Jimmy Doohan's yeah. blood. He's like, ah, I'm not going to do that. 20 years later, shows up. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to do Wait, with this yeah. blood? What? What? Are you going to clone him? Like, is that what the, the, the <laughs> situation <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, and but the Duhan also gets the like most emotional story about this. Like, it's yeah. pretty clearly like a suicide note. Yeah. And he told this person, "I'm going to be at this. Con- I'm going to be in Indianapolis. Yep. 
I want and you to come. Not, yeah. not this one, not this convention, but a, right, right. probably the, an earlier version. Right. No, it, it was, um, I think it was Starfleet, honestly. Uh, okay, okay. Honestly, I, I do believe it was. Um, but, you know, it, it was, you know, him just like reaching out to this person, like this person needs help and they're not getting it. So and he. They came to like every convention he was at for years straight. For a few and then years, she yeah. disappeared for like years and he was like worried. She wrote him like. Like six years after he hadn't seen her, and yeah. she had finished her master's degree in like science, like a engineering, and, like yeah. that she saved, her. and like he gets like rightfully emotional about. That. He's like, "That's the greatest thing I've ever done in my life." And there's you know there's a lot of emotional stuff and, in this movie, and like uh, the um, oh what John Delancey uh, talks about like meeting this uh, woman in um, she was like in a wheelchair. She she was something like I don't know. She was disabled in some way. She had like an interpreter or something with her and they told uh, John Delancey that uh, for like an hour, like the hour I watch Star Trek is where this body for right. an hour and like mm-hmm. that is that is touching and incredibly sad all at the same time but yeah. I think it is awesome that well, that it exists so you know, it, it just shows like how m- it means so much more to some people, and it, it saves does. lives. It's crazy. There's a discussion about, like, diversity and representation and stuff. Um, and I'm like, you know, like, people have gotten on Star Trek for that stuff. I'm like, it's never really been a problem. Like, Star Trek is always looking to go beyond or, like, do new things. Yeah. And it's like... Well, yeah, they had the the blind man flying the starship mm-hmm. originally in Next yeah. Generation. And I, I feel bad for Star Trek because they're like people get like that's not good enough you keep i'm like this get on the th- shows and stuff that aren't doing that before yeah. you and also how many episodes have they had where it addresses some kind of social commentary for goodness sake i mean since the 60s has been doing yeah, that. exactly like, like that episode with uh, frank gorshin where his face is like oh, half they talk black. about how they had to be super obvious and ridiculous to point out stuff like right right because they couldn't directly do it so they went ridiculous with that where everybody's like yeah i get it okay you know um but yeah, it's, it's it's funny to hear that. And then we also have there's the Talk Trek and Beyond, which kind of feels like a, the origins of podcasting. Yeah, right. The, the, there's two women that just love Star Trek, and they decide like, you know what, we like Star Trek. We should have a radio show. And then they go to a radio station. Hey, can we have a show? Like, yeah, okay. This right. is it's got to be like a non for profit radio station. Right. right? Yeah, there's right. no I mean, way. No way that yeah. Because otherwise, like... Or it was at 2 in the morning and they needed something. <laughs> right, we need a, bl- a, a block of time but to But they got Denise Crosby as a guest because she was doing this document. Yeah, I do wonder if that was their biggest guest. <laughs> that was their biggest guest. And, you know, it's it's funny with that. Um, there's... Uh, oh, I lost my thought here. Um, yeah, the talk track could be on. That was nice. I didn't like the radio DJs. They could oh, F off and God. not be in this movie. And Watching them made me glad that terrestrial radio was dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And then they get they hash the they have the one where they're like together, like what's your favorite episode? He shouldn't be on here. You don't even like Star Trek. And he's like, oh, it's cool or what? No, no, you shouldn't be on. And you too. I'm not even sure I buy into you. Like yeah. maybe you watch like because they asked him what his favorite episode is. You know what it was? Well, we don't hear it because they never do it because yeah. he sits and harasses the other guy. Because he doesn't want to look like a poser that he is. Yeah. Not to, not to gatekeep or anything, but I'm pretty sure those guys. Oh, no. They're, uh, totes bros. That's yeah. what they are. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Like, they, they weren't in much, but when they were on, I was just like, oh, God. Yeah, it was death. Yeah, where they tried to 
like play the, the Star Trek theme and they were just like blowing into a trombone and a trumpet or uh, obviously and, not playing it, just blowing as hard as they Here's what happened. The track convention was coming into town. Uh, conventions usually have um, guests. They'll go to the local radio or local news stations to help promote it. Mm-hmm. Denise Crosby, they hear she's making a documentary, so they want to be a part of it. They, congrats, you're in there, and you look like douchebags. Yeah, for all time. For all time's sake. So congratulations. Up on him. Um, you want to know his story. Yes. You want to know his story. We need Trekkies 3 to catch up with. There's no happy ending to that story. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Uh, not even in uh, Star Trek fan. So he's got that going for Congrats. him. Congrats. Yo, okay. So to take it to the other side of things, uh, the punching down. Yeah, some of the f- f- best parts in this are just people fully dispens- doing normal stuff. Yeah, yeah. And. Denise Crosby asks that guy, have you, you served cons before? Here, if they went up and all ordered Impossible Burgers, they're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Klingons. So, uh, oh, cl- uh, was the Sea Trek Cruises, they kind of just brushed over that. Like, yeah, we're going cruises. Here's a picture of fans with cast. Yeah. yeah that would be... Because uh, that's a real interactive... But, but, but here's the thing. They, are they going to use? Right. Like, they, it's just not worth their time and money. And I'll tell you money. what. So, I... Documentary. You wouldn't believe... Like, so... A big chunk of it focused on his Rick Springfield cruise. It gets, damn, it gets creepy. Yeah. Like, there's a part where they go out to, like, a beat, mm-hmm. and they're allowed to go in the water with him, and it just... So it's like a dolphin experiment. In the middle of the night at bars, and well, they'll they'll do songs, It's and they... I tell you what, bars music, people should see how loony this documentary is about him and his fans. It is... Disturbing. I think, uh, I suspect, that those cruises are just an excuse. And some money. It's some money. And, uh, but, yeah, so I don't know if I'd want to see, while I said they brushed over it, I don't know that I want to see the Star Trek angle of <laughs> these crews having seen a documentary about a fan cruise before. Um, and honestly, I bet that whole cruise is just, it, it, it's just a bet. It'll come down to the bar tonight. There's no way they're not smashing constantly. Oh, yeah, thing. just all over the place so there um there is uh there's also a couple towns with uh star trek names like i like the riverside iowa has adopted future home of james t kirk and they have a festival that's kind of cute i like and it has some of the the worst cosplays in the film but it's adorable because you know these people try hard they don't have the resources being in riverside iowa they didn't have the internet to yeah that that's what i was thinking when i was watching it like i felt when I see people like that and they've got like the garbage, you know, yeah, uh, Vul- yeah Vulcan ears, yeah. I would just, I think like it would bum me out. And I, I realized like when other people would like, you know, mock them or whatever, I felt like, well, that's why it's because their costumes aren't very good. <laughs> but like, that, like when you see someone now, like, oh, you're all decked out. You look yeah. great. You don't think, have, have a second thought about it. But like, this is just like, uh, I spent $10 at the Halloween store. Right. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy? You see these really good costumes in the movie from 1997. That stuff wasn't easy to do then. Yeah. Like now you can just Google. There's a lot of cosplay people to help. There's stuff. Like the, there's Klingons. I'm like, how did they pull this off in 1997 in BFE, Idaho? Yeah. Like, yeah, there are some that are good and some that are just like, and some that are like, like noble efforts. Well, <laughs> the cracks are showing, but noble efforts. And then there's the guy that you only see him for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. It's when they were talking about uh, Klingons. Yeah, and they were talking about like the 
the like the language and the music of Klingons and stuff, and they have like a, a oh the seminar, yeah, where they're teaching the the language, which I think okay, because I looked at those people in that that, that class, and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is the crew of the movie, this isn't the actual people <laughs> taking like maybe some of them maybe some of them maybe, but that room looked like people just amused by it not yeah. like intrigued by it yeah they're like oh this is some crazy stuff and, and, i think and that's what's so awkward about it like it's those people neck you know beside people like a cl- guy dressed as a klingon well, and, and yeah. the, the, that guy that was dressed as a klingon like he had the headpiece on and he had like some of the makeup right. on his face but there were just big gaps big gaps on his face where there mm-hmm. just wasn't makeup so it just looked like like he started to get ready, and then he's like, "Ah, that's that's close enough." <laughs> <laughs> like that's like that's the stuff that like bums me out. Like, right. just, just finish it up. And he's got like that the the beard that is the beard that was grown not because he wants to grow a beard, but because he doesn't Shit. want to groom himself. Right, it's that kind of beard. You, you put that with the that, half, like the long hair. That's just I just don't get my hair cut. Yeah, you put but that I can do a pony. Right, you put that along with the half makeup job you did, and like my jaw dropped because he's like like singing like a Klingon song, and it's like, what are you, dude? Like, it just <laughs> it just it shocked and bummed me out all at the same time. Right, Trekkie versus Trekker debate, oh which was stupid. That was a part Which of included the... included Gabe. Yeah. Any of you putting any the, mental effort well, into Well, the people this. get offended, but now I think we've gotten... It shows, like, back then... That much. It's funny, like, now we embrace the names of fandoms. Mm-hmm. Unless you're, a, like... I say that, you know, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, and so I guess I, I'm a Whovian. And you're in the U.S. Like, I don't care that much. <laughs> right? That's true. That's... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, which this didn't matter, but... Because, like, yeah. you were... I mean, even in the 90s, if you were... A st- Star Wars fan that was really a dorky fandom because look at the money those movies make. Everybody goes to see them. People like them. But I to right before Phantom Menace, if you like Star Wars, man, what the hell? Like, because you were hanging on to something old. Yeah. Something not like figures, so that's just instantly not cool. Mm-hmm. Star Trek was the same way after the show ended. Like, that, it's, it's whole show was canceled after three seasons and people held on to it. It wasn't, it wasn't a ratings juggernaut or anything like that and lived to this day and then Next Generation was very popular when it came out and now it you know it's hard to call it a cult thing <laughs> now but now paramount realizes they can make money off of it right. so they milk everything they can out it's of it. always one of the few things they have left um but yeah so but do they they also don't know how to milk the money it's really weird yeah yeah it's really like the like anniversary went by not too many years ago and they just I, gave us some repurposed stuff. And I'm I, like, I think can we charge people for this? Yeah. Than actually doing something with the property. Right. But, you know, also we missed that went over in this documentary. Um, it is interesting that they show, like, some people, like, they're so dedicated. And I don't want to say crazy. That's not an accurate term. But just more dedicated than most people are towards things. And then there was this one guy that <laughs> I, I wrote down. Can we be friends with this guy? Eric Lawson. That's what it is. He was, a, he was a guy since he's only in this one segment. He's only in there for a couple minutes. Larson. He, Larson? Yeah, I okay. think I remember this guy. Yeah. He was just a guy that just collected, like, since the original series, he'd just been collecting stuff. And he was just like, look at all this neat stuff I got. Yeah. And he's like. The guy in the hole in the house. 
He yeah. shows up late in the movie and like, where has he been? Why isn't it just about his house? Yeah, yeah, he's yes. got so much yes. awesome stuff. It's like, remember that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry dates that girl that has all of the, um, like, all the classic toys? Yeah. That's this guy, but it's yeah. only Star Trek he, stuff. He's like, remember when Burger King had these glasses? Oh, well, like in 1985, like I have them. Yeah. And just all the stuff I'm like, show us him more. Yeah, like, there's just so much awesome stuff. And he's just like, I just really like Star Trek and collecting all the But you know who they stuff. want to focus on? I got these knives, and then I bought some Star Trek cards, and then I put them on the table, and people like the cards. <laughs> and then, so yeah. like I put another row of cards... And then people kept buying them, so then, like, I kept moving the knives. The knives are down there now. Like, why didn't you make, like, Star Trek-related knives? Yeah, I like Conan, the Barbarian comic, so I made these things. I'm like, cool. I went to Star Trek convention to sell them. Gather your money, make like, start making weapons that... Yeah. But... And and the woman, what she is. You know she's got a lot of swords and a lot of pictures of dragons in her house. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the Larsa guy that without I forgot about that. He was like one of my because he's not there long. He's only in this one one segment, and it's just mm-hmm. him like, like look at all this neat and stuff. Like, I yeah, have. just moving this house. needs to be a shelf. There's like, so much. You need a room of shelves, yeah, and tables and yeah, little places to store stuff. That's that's what you need. All right, so here's this. This is it's like 20 years later or so. You know, look it up. I will. I'm going to imagine that Starbase Dental is, if it still exists, it it, f- it would feel like a place where fun used to be, mm-hmm. and it would just feel like like. Have you ever been to a, you know, where it's got like, oh, look at all these uh, video games you can play here, and like, oh, look, there's a little TV there, so you can watch it, and like, oh, look at the little train that gives you mm-hmm. soda. Like, you just look around, like this place used to be neat, but they haven't. That's what I think Starbase Dental would be at this point, where you just go in, like, oh, you just, you guys just bum me out, <laughs> like, like, would you want? Like, not that old, maybe in his 50s or whatever, but, like, oh, I, I, I just don't know, like, how, if it would just bum me out just to go there now. Starbasedental.com brings up, please contact support at highforge.com. We'll be back soon. So, on, what you're saying and is And if unknown. you go to their Twitter page, it's not that guy. Huh. So, maybe he and has one follower. Maybe, oh, I can't find any article that isn't before... Or after 2007 on right. this place. So I kind of... Like, everything about it is about the documentary. Yeah. There's no... Um, There's no online presence for Starbase Dental? Yeah, it's not looking good. Um, Failures. Yep. The, you failed, boys. Boys, there's only... <laughs> it's just the one guy in Yeah, you'd think this guy would have, like, like, gotten really into the internet stuff, but... Looks like Starbase Dental is no, and it was in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, it's not a presence today. You didn't have to tell me it was in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Got to guess, f- Rando, Florida town. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So this document. Do you got any more to say about the documentary trackies? Um. Dead air. That's perfect. I, uh, you're going to edit that part out. It's I'm, fine. I'm slapping this thing on. Exactly. Intro, outro. There you go. So the dead air will remain. Oh. All right. No, I guess I don't have anything <laughs> to talk about this remarkable documentary <laughs> now that you've thrown me under the audio bus. Audio bus. Beep, beep. <laughs> toot, toot.
Amazing. This is my favorite right there. I've got some Planet of the Apes cosplay going on over here. You mean the finest Planet of the Apes cosplay ever? Ever. (laughs) All right. So now we're moving to our ratings portion of the episode where we rate the film we just watched. As we're called Seven Michael McKay, we keep things nice and culty. The rating options are as follows. Stay with your family, which means you are the co-workers of Barbara. Not really into Star Trek, but whatever. And uh, there's Converted, which means you are the guy who wants to make some money, goes to all the conventions, tries to deliver what fans want at the right price. Or Drink the Kool-Aid, which you are Gabriel. Oh, no. About (laughs) Star Trek. So, Cullen, how do you rate Trekkies? Well, color me Gabriel, I guess. <laughs> I, I do really enjoy this uh, movie. It is something that could very easily have just been an hour and a half of people being mocked. And I don't, they, they never do that. It, is, it really is just like, this is what they do. You just like, you just point the camera at them and let them go and you make your own judgments. Mm-hmm. But the judgments should be like, eh, who cares? Good for them. Um, there is, um, and I do think it was actually kind of important so people that didn't necessarily watch Star Trek or understand, like, the fandom, like, they could watch this, like, oh, that's why they do that. That would be... So I think it's really important and, and good for that. Um, but I definitely drink the Kool-Aid on this. I was looking really forward <laughs> to watching <laughs> this. Um and, I, and I'm almost upset that it took me so long to watch it again. Right, yeah. It was so very entertaining and interesting. Brandon, how do you rate the documentary known as Trekkies? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and also drink the Kool-Aid on it. It's a f- it's, it's fascinatingly uh, modern in a way. It's also a time capsule in a way. Uh, and I think we're far enough from it that uh, we're away from its marketing pitch, which was sold as outrageous comedy a bit and look at these look at these nerds type yeah. thing so we're away from that we can actually look at it for what it is which is really honest so i wonder how many people went to see this and got something completely different or like or thought it was completely different. i'm sure there's the guys who are like oh nerds but they wanted to laugh riot like there's something about mary i mean this is i mean yeah if you're laughing at this this you probably enjoy the big bang theory because that's what laughing at this would kind of be um but yeah, there is there is some outrageous stuff, of course, but you're going to have that with anything. There's sports people that you could be like, oh, my God, why is he in love with Wade Boggs or something like that? <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade.
watching it. My my daughter watched much of it with me, but she got mad at the beginning. She's like, why are we watching the bonus features? And I'm like, <laughs> wow. I'm like, you don't realize. I'm like, well, back in the day, we didn't have that. Like, they had to make something like this yeah. to, to go. And I'm like, that's well, kind of artifact for, like, a – a kid and stuff, but she was like, "Why are you watching the bonus features?" I was like, "This is the movie. The movie is the bonus feature, I guess." But it's great. 